All right, thanks for tuning in. Those who are just now tuning in uh, there on Facebook, online, we're grateful that you've chosen to uh, study God's Word with us tonight, wherever you're studying from. And we've got a group here in the sanctuary, and you guys have come tonight. We're grateful for your faithfulness and the way you do that every week. Uh, so tonight we're continuing our study on the fruit of the Spirit. And, and I will say this, tonight's study is perhaps the most fascinating for me personally as I have prepared this study. I've enjoyed all of them. And, you know, I told you the one I dreaded the most was patience. And, and that turned out to be one that I really enjoyed as far as studying. Uh, and so tonight's study has been kind of fascinating to me as I have dug into the Scripture. And I hope perhaps maybe it will be something that will interest you as well. The subject of our study tonight is the fruit of faithfulness. The fruit of faithfulness. Now, one of the reasons that I got intrigued by this, even as I was beginning to study, is I was I was thinking, now wait a minute, faithfulness seems to be something that I do, right? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And when I think of faithfulness, when I think of this word, faithfulness, that seems to be something that I do. So how is faithfulness a fruit of the Spirit? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, and I hope you're ready to, to dig into God's Word with me. And for those, by the way, watching online, if you could hit that share button, maybe to encourage others to tune in and to join us, I would appreciate you doing that. So tonight, let, we're going to be talking about this, this fascinating concept of my faithfulness being a result of, the, or the fruit of, the Holy Spirit. Let me remind you that the fruit of the Spirit naturally falls into three separate categories. We've looked at that perhaps every week that we've been studying. The first category, of course, deals with our relationship with God, love, joy, and peace. Those are the first three of the fruit of the Spirit, and they deal with our relationship with God. And then the second group that we've talked about deals with our relationship with others, patience, kindness, and goodness. Now, tonight we're going to begin focusing on the third group or the third category and those are focused on our lives and the way we live our lives. And those three are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And tonight, we're going to be looking at that first one, faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness. Tonight, as we look at the fruit of faithfulness, we begin with a, with a little bit of a word study. We're going to have to take a few moments to do a little bit of a word study. And I'll show you why. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 5. You should know by now exactly what text we're looking at, but, or where to find it at least in your Bible. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to ask you a question about a particular word in verse 22. Uh, it's probably the last word in verse 22, depending on how your translation. But let me just read Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, it's interesting when I started reading this and studying this that not all translations translate that last word as faithfulness. Some translations use the word faith. But the fruit of the Spirit, look at it again, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. And so that's one of the reasons that this became a fascinating study for me as I began to look at it in various translations and always try to do that as I'm preparing to teach or preach. And as I was looking at various translations, I thought, wait a minute, is it faithfulness or is it faith? And I like to just, 
hear from you. In your translation, whatever you're reading, how many, just kind of take a poll, how many of you in your translation, the Bible uses the word faithfulness? Your Bible uses faithfulness. Most of you. All right, how many of you, your Bible uses faith? All right, what translation? King James? King James? King James. All right. It's interesting that most translations translate this word faithfulness, but some of the translations use the word faith. But what's even more intriguing was, as I dug into it a little bit more, I found out that even within a family of translations, there's not agreement on, how, on which word to use. What I mean by that is this. In the King James, it says faith. But in the New King James, it's translated faithfulness. I thought, well, that's strange. It seems like at least within that family of translations, they would have used the same word. Then I discovered in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, it uses the word faith. But in the newer version, the Christian Standard Bible, it uses the word faithfulness. So that led me to do a word study. Why is it that some translations use the word faith and others use the word faithfulness to, re- to refer to the fruit of the Spirit? So, let's start with that. Look up here for a moment. Uh, The Greek word used in Galatians 5.22 is the word pistis. Pistis. And it literally means to be faithful and trustworthy. That's what the word means. And and so let's just say this word together. Pistis. Say that. Pistis. Alright, so pistis, it can be translated as faith or faithful. And it means to be faithful And trustworthy. But there's also a second meaning. Look at the second meaning, which is very close. It means to be loyal and steadfast in your devotion and allegiance. Loyal and steadfast in your devotion and allegiance. So as I began to look at this, trying to take apart this verse and take apart that word and kind of dig into faith and faithfulness, I looked at this definition to be faithful and trustworthy, to be loyal and steadfast in devotion and allegiance. It led me to a key question. And the question was, who is being faithful and trustworthy? Or to use this definition, who is being loyal and steadfast? Is it God or is it us? And the answer is, yes. You see, the reasons that some translations use the word faith and other translations use the word faithfulness is because our faith and God's faithfulness are intertwined. Now you need to tune in and follow me carefully. This is, this is so important and so good. Our faith and God's faithfulness are intertwined. They're all wrapped up together in this word pistis. That word combines our faith and God's faithfulness. Now remember that this word means to be faithful and trustworthy or to be loyal and steadfast. But in order to be faithful to God, in order for you to be loyal and steadfast in your faith to God, You must believe that God is faithful to you. That's sinking for a minute. You see, make sure you get this. Look at this on the screen. The foundation of our faithfulness to God is His faithfulness to us. That's the foundation. 
And you're not going to understand the fruit of the Spirit without understanding this key point right here. That the foundation of our faithfulness to God is His faithfulness to us. Let me say it to you this way. The thing that motivates our faithfulness to God is that God is worthy of it. I was, as I was preparing this, I was listening to the song, He is Worthy, Andrew Peterson. I don't know if you've heard that song or listened to it. Man, it's an awesome song. You ought to look it up, some, not now, look it up some other time on YouTube and listen to it. He is Worthy, Andrew Peterson. And that song was playing in the background. He is worthy. He is worthy. And, and as preparing this, I thought, that, that's really what we're talking about tonight. That the thing that motivates my faithfulness to God is that He's worthy of my faithfulness because He's been faithful to me. Let me show you this in Scripture. Look at uh, Psalm, Psalm uh, 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. Or if you want to just write it down, the reference, if you're taking notes, I can, I can read it for you. It says, I was young and now I am old, and yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. You know what the psalmist was saying? The psalmist was saying, I'm an old man now, but I've always seen God to be faithful. I'm an old man now. I was young, but now I'm old, and I've always seen God be faithful. Can somebody give a witness to that tonight? You've seen God be faithful. And God's faithfulness to us it's the foundation of our faithfulness to Him. You see, God is worthy of my faithfulness because I believe that God is faithful. Think of it on the flip side. If I didn't believe God was faithful, do you believe I would be really faithful to Him? Probably not. God is worthy of my faithfulness. Because I believe, I believe, He is faithful to me. Now, listen to me carefully. I want to pause for a moment. That does not mean that life won't be a roller coaster. Sometimes life is a roller coaster, isn't it? Even with our faith. I shared with our staff this morning in staff meeting a, an email that I received this morning from some former missionaries and it was an email about a young lady that I don't know, I've never met her but man it hit me hard uh, the, hit, the heading of the email said urgent prayer request and when I opened the email here's, here's what it said Danielle was just diagnosed with cancer she has tumors on the brain on her liver, on her lungs and on her spine They'll be starting treatments this week. She is 28 years old and just had her first baby, a boy, in November. Thanks for your prayers for Danielle, for her husband, Billy, and for their baby. One of the reasons I told the staff, one of the reasons that hit me so hard this morning is today is my daughter's 30th birthday. And she has a little boy who's nearly the same age, just a couple of months older. And this, this young lady has tumors on her brain, her liver, her lungs, and her spine. Sometimes life is a roller coaster. Sometimes life is hard, and sometimes you didn't see that hill coming. And, and you dropped quick. 
But what we have to come to the conclusion of is the roller coaster doesn't change God's faithfulness. I can't, I'm told the staff, I said, I can't explain this. I can't explain why a 28-year-old has a four-month-old baby, has cancer all over her body. I can't explain it and I don't like it. It breaks my heart. It scares me. But here's an important question that we all have to wrestle with. The question we all have to wrestle with is this. Do we believe that God is believable? Do we believe that God is believable? Do we believe that God can be trusted? Even when we don't understand Him. That's really the important truth we're trying to dig through tonight. The degree of our faithfulness is in direct result to our understanding of God's faithfulness. Our regard for God's faithfulness. Is God believable? The deeper we believe that God is believable, the deeper will be our faithfulness to Him. Now, I want to show you this in Scripture. Daniel Go to the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3. <clears throat> You've probably read this scripture before. Now, here's what it says. Now, verse 15. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So here's King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's basically saying to, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. You refuse to bow down to the image I made. I've been, become aware of it. It's been made known to me that what you're doing or what you're failing to do and your refusal to bow down to this image I've, I've made, you are showing me disrespect, great disrespect. Everybody else is bowing down, but you're not. So I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear the music play, you bow down. And if you don't, if you don't, I will throw you immediately into a blazing furnace. And then, what God will be able to save you? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Watch verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. You know what they had, the conclusion they reached? They were convinced that God is believable. And so, king, we think God will save us. We know he can. But whether he saves us or not, we believe that God is sovereign and we believe that God is, is believable. We believe that 
that God can take us out of this fire, but if He doesn't, it doesn't change that He is believable. I'm convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that faith sometimes means knowing that God can, whether or not He does. Now, sometimes you and I fight a battle inwardly. We fight a battle in our hearts and in our minds where the enemy tries to convince us that God is not able to do something. Don't ever let the enemy convince you that God is not able. Nothing is impossible for God. You have not confronted a dilemma that's too big for God to handle. And can I say it a little more bolder? You will never confront a dilemma that is too big. For God to handle. Faithfulness though. Is believing in a sovereign God. And acting accordingly. Uh, remember this. Look at this. Our faithfulness hinges on our belief. In God's faithfulness. Remember that. Write that down. Hang on to that. Our faithfulness hinges on our belief. In God's faithfulness. That's why when you read the Bible. The Bible so often magnifies and amplifies the faithfulness of God. It doesn't just say that God is faithful. But the Bible over and over and over again magnifies the fact that God is faithful or amplifies the fact that God is faithful. Let me show you this in, uh, in Scripture. There are so many Scriptures we could look at, but let me give you about four of them or so. Uh, go over to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I'll write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. We don't have time to dig into that story, but uh, I, just, I kind of think it's funny. God said, okay, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments one more time, but this time you're going to chisel out the, 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 uh, the tablets, the ones you broke. And so he had to chisel out the tablets and then he says in verse 2, Be ready in the morning, and then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No one is to come with you, or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets, like the first ones, and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning, as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud, and stood there with him, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Now watch verse 6. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Abounding in love and faithfulness. The Bible doesn't just say that God is faithful. But the Bible again and again. We'll look at several of them. The Bible again and again amplifies the faithfulness of God. Here the writer says that he abounds in love and faithfulness. And the word abounding means to exceed. Or it's full. Or it's overflowing. It's, it's, it's great in volume. Abounding in, in love and faithfulness. So that, that's an exodus. Let's go over to the right and find Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. This is another verse that, that tends to just amplify the faithfulness of God. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Look at verse 9. 
Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. And watch this. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. He is a faithful God. And here's how faithful he is, the writer says. Uh, he's, He's so faithful that he keeps his covenant of love with a thousand generations. God is faithful. He's not just faithful to you. He's faithful to the generation after you, and the generation after you, and the generation after you, and the generation after you, for a thousand generations. God has been faithful. God is faithful. Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. One of those great scriptures. Um, I know where it is. I'm just trying to get my fingers to find it. Lamentations chapter 3. Right after the book of Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, probably one of your favorite scriptures. I know Lisa and I talk about, share it a lot or mention it a lot. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. That's, that's one way of saying He's faithful. His compassions never fail. He's faithful. Keep reading. They are new every morning. He's faithful. And then it says very directly, Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. His compassions never fail. Watch this. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. All through the Bible, it doesn't just state that God is faithful. But it amplifies and magnifies His faithfulness. Perhaps one of the best places where that is true is 2 Timothy 2.13. I think we've got it Yeah, 2 Timothy 2.13. Look at this word. If we are... What's that word? If we are what? If we are faithless, He will remain faithful. And here's why. For he cannot disown himself. He can't change who he is. He is faithful. And even when we're not, he is. Because he can't disown himself. He, he, he will not change who he is in nature, by nature. Can you read this out loud with me? Can, can we read it together? Even those watching at home, would you just read it out loud where you are? This is such an important verse. Let's read it together. If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Charles Spurgeon said, The glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made Him unfaithful. That's a powerful statement. The glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made Him unfaithful. You say, well, Keith... What does this have to do with the fruit of the Spirit? Hang on. We need to go to one other scripture. There is one chapter in the Bible that demonstrates more than any other chapter in the Bible the role of faith and faithfulness. It's, of course, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, of course, is known as the Hall of Faith chapter. 
And I want you to notice how this chapter begins. Verse 1. Now faith, and that's the word pistis that we've looked at earlier. It's the same word that's used in Galatians 5.22. In Galatians 5.22, sometimes as we saw at the very beginning, sometimes that's translated faithfulness, sometimes it's translated faith. Because they're so woven together. And the Bible says, now faith, pistis, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then it says in verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, the heroes of the faith in the pre-Christian era, such as the ones listed in this chapter, this is what they were commended for. The Old Testament saints, this is what they were commended for. This is what they were known for. Their faithfulness, or you could say, their faith in God. You see, your faithfulness and your faith in God are closely tied together. So that's what we're going to look at in this chapter very briefly. Every one of the faithful people listed in Hebrews chapter 11, every one of them was honored by God for having believed, and having trusted, and having followed, tying together their faith and His faithfulness. So, for example, verse 3, look what it says. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what it... What is seen was not made out of what was visible. Our faith helps us understand the invisible. It helps us understand God. Uh, God was honored uh, when we trust Him enough to say, I believe God created the heavens and the earth. Now look at verse 11, another example. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, that is past childbearing age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become father, become a father because he considered him, what's that next word? Faithful. Considered him faithful who had made the promise. Here is a perfect example of Abraham, look up here for a moment, Abraham's faith being tied into God's faithfulness. That those two things were woven together. Look at verse 17. Another example, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Now, just stop right there. I love this story, one of my favorite Old Testament stories. But really, the essence of that story is, Abraham believed that God was believable. He absolutely believed that God was believable. His faithfulness was tied directly to God's faithfulness. Look at how how it's described for us in these verses. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac and your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned, verse 19, I love verse 19. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham reasoned, God is believable. God is faithful. And so Abraham was faithful to God because he reasoned that God was faithful. 
So you ask again, so how does all of this apply to the fruit of the Spirit? And my answer would be this. Only through the Holy Spirit within you can you believe that God is believable. The Holy Spirit within us causes us to trust in God in the roller coaster of life. The Holy Spirit within us bears witness to us that God can be trusted when you wonder what in the world's going on. It's the Holy Spirit within you that convinces you to trust God. It's the Holy Spirit within you that convinces you that God is believable. The Holy Spirit within you convinces you that God is faithful. And even in those times when you're not faithful to Him, it is the Holy Spirit within you that convinces you that He is faithful to you. It's the Holy Spirit within us that gives us the desire to respond to God's unending faithfulness. You see, let me say it to you this way. Look at this text, Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Now, now I want you to see here in this verse, this idea of our faith and God's faithfulness and how it's woven together. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for He is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast to our faith because He is faithful. And I'm convinced you and I would not have faith apart from God's faithfulness. It is His faithfulness to us that motivates our faithfulness to Him. And it is the Holy Spirit that lives within us that convinces us that God is faithful. That God is believable. That God can be trusted. You see, the fruit of faithfulness is simply the Holy Spirit within you convincing you God's faithfulness. I'll say it to you this way. The fruit of faithfulness is when the Holy Spirit within us convinces us that God is always faithful. The fruit of, the, of, of faithfulness is the Holy Spirit within us convincing us that God is always trustworthy. The, the fruit of faithfulness is the Holy Spirit within us convincing us that we can have confidence in God. And it is that Holy Spirit within us Working in us that bears fruit, our fruit of faithfulness to Him. I'll end with just this illustration. Would you pick your Bible up if you have it here with you tonight? Hold your Bible in your hand and look at it for a moment. The Bible in your hand, and even if you have an electronic version, it's still the Bible. It's just hidden in all that electronics. But the Bible that you have in your hand is a result of those who faithfully walked with God and wrote down what He told them to write down. They were convinced that God was believable and they wrote it down. They were convinced that God was faithful and they wrote it down. And even the various translations that we have, They are the product of those who faithfully poured over the Hebrew and the Greek text and they worked so hard to give us good translations because they believed that God was faithful. And in fact, if you know the story of church history, some folks actually were burned at the stake because they dared to try to put God's word in the language of common man. But they were burned at the stake because they believed God was believable and they wanted to put the Bible into the language of common man. 
And not only that, but you have benefited more than likely from the faithfulness of your mentors or your teachers along the way over the years. You've had teachers who have invested in you, Bible teachers, etc., who have taught you the Word of God over the years. They believed that God was believable. They believed that God was faithful. And they showed you. Showed you. He deserves your faithfulness. Every time you read this book. It ought to bring you to the conclusion. He deserves my faithfulness. And that is the fruit of the Spirit of God within you. Fruit of the Spirit of God within you. Showing you the truth of this book. And that that faithful God you're reading about. Deserves your faithfulness. Not the, you, you don't work up your faith. You don't work up your faithfulness. It's not self-effort. Spirit of God. Convincing you of the faithfulness of God. So that you respond to that faithfulness. With your faithfulness. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you God. Hey thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you folks for being here tonight. I just want to pause with a word of prayer. And we'll all say amen together. Father I want to, I want to thank you. that What you've done for us. In your word I want to. Express my gratitude to you for the way that you have demonstrated over the years your faithfulness. I once was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen you be unfaithful. You have been faithful to me over the years. You have never been unfaithful. I pray for anyone watching online or someone, Lord, tonight here in this building. Maybe they're struggling with their faith. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to bring them the confidence through your word and through prayer that you are believable. Even when we don't understand what we're going through, you are believable. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks for being here.